This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, everybody. It's April 14th, 2023. Right now, 20 years ago, America was in the middle of its invasion of Iraq. Remember that? 20 years ago right now. In fact, the thunder runs uh, into Baghdad were taking place, and I was there as an embedded correspondent for Fox News. And everybody was so excited. This was such a great cause, right? Getting those weapons of mass destruction out of Iraq and, and liberating Iraq. But of course, we were all lied to. There I am in the back of a vehicle in Baghdad, actually. And looking back, wow, we're just a bunch of chumps, right? The world is so much worse off for that experience, right? So destabilized, no weapons of mass destruction and no accountability. George W. Bush and Dick Cheney, they are welcomed in polite society. They lied to the world, in my opinion, definitely, about weapons of mass destruction. They just wanted to go to war in Iraq. All those people killed, the destabilization, and no accountability. There are people out there I respect. Actually, the late, great Vincent Bugliosi, he was the lawyer who prosecuted and convicted Charles Manson. He wrote a book saying that these two are war criminals. Could be. In the meantime, no accountability, but wow, did you see what happened to Jack Teixeira, the 21-year-old Air National Guardsman who shared those secrets with his friends? Well, the FBI showed up in a big way at his house and arrested him, which is appropriate. Absolutely. This guy broke the law. It looks like to me, these are the allegations. It's very, very serious. But I saw some interesting memes today, right? Those guys started the war based on a lie. How many people were lost, all the destabilization and chaos. This guy showed some documents to his friends. He's in FBI custody, and those guys are still sitting pretty. It's kind of interesting, right? Again, Teixeira belongs in jail, but there should have been more accountability for these guys. 20 years later, we have none. All right. The National Rifle Association had a pretty awesome event today in Indiana, big kind of convention and uh, we carried it live right here on Newsmax. President Trump spoke, and it was a great speech. I'll have highlights in a moment. But the National Rifle Association, you know, they are the number one boogeyman for the, well, for the left, for the fake news. They just love portraying the NRA as the ultimate monster. I mean, look. The NRA is, is a gun-worshipping cult that sacrifices American children to the god of gun ownership. They are about as evil as anything that has ever happened in this country. The positions that the NRA promotes and that they get politicians to promote through funding are so out of touch and dangerous, incredibly dangerous for our communities. The NRA doesn't care about everyday gun owners. They care about gun manufacturers, right? It's, it's not an advocacy group. It's a lobbying front to make more money, more money for the gun industry. Wow, that first guy seemed to say the NRA is worse than ISIS, worse than it. 
Wow. They totally don't know what they're talking about, but he mentions the money. It's interesting. They talk about the money that the NRA, I guess, uses to lobby a lot. They hate that. It comes down, as is often the case, Eamon, to money. The NRA and lobbyists and donations to politicians who feel beholden to them, but not to the constituents that elected them. And the Republicans who continue to line their pockets with NRA money. This has been all about the money and the power of the NRA and this stranglehold that they've had uh, on the Republican Party. This is one of the great myths, actually lies, about the NRA and the Republican Party. Take a look at this number. The NRA in 2022 spent $2.6 million lobbying. You know how much money that is? It's $2.6 million. It's not a lot of money. In fact, if you compare it to all the other lobbying groups, there are 259 other groups, lobbying concerns, that spend more then the NRA, it's way down on the list. And because they demonize it so much, they can't see the value that this group provides. You know, if people paid attention, it would save lives. It does already, but it would save more. And today we're gonna to talk about something that's really important when it comes to firearms, and that's safety. So there are four fundamentals. The first is all guns are always loaded. So what that means to you is that anytime you're handed a weapon, you should do a visual and phys physical inspection for yourself to ensure that it is unloaded. Two, you always want to point your gun in a safe direction. Three, know your target and everything around it. And what that means is that you should positively identify your target before you take the shot. And lastly, keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. Those are great guidelines, right? Always assume the gun is loaded. Uh, always be aware of where you're pointing it. Never put your finger on the trigger before you pull it. I mean, these principles, if only the illegal gun owners, the guys in the gangs, the criminals, if they abided by these principles, there'd be a lot of people alive today who are dead. Devin Page, remember, he was shot and killed by a stray bullet while he was just sleeping in his own bed. Police say an innocent bystander in the Bronx was killed during a night of gun violence across the city. Police say this 36-year-old mother was an innocent bystander when she was shot and killed. So I know the left, they love to demonize the NRA. They need it as an enemy, I guess. But if they listen to them, if maybe they promulgated their practices and ideas throughout the inner city, we'd see, well, a lot of these kids might still be with us. How about that, huh? The NRA, they have a lot to offer, but they have been so distorted. The public, they don't, they don't understand that because they've been lied to so many times. Oh, <laughs> and they also lie about this a lot. Assault weapons. Assault weapons. These are weapons of war. There's no reason for assault weapons. There's no reason to have them. There is no reason for us to have assault weapons out on the streets. That is not what our founding framers intended. Ban assault weapons. Ban them again. Do it now. Enough. Do something. Do something big. It would be really interesting to ask each of those individuals to define an assault weapon. Just watch their answers. Uh, they seem to think that every weapon in America, you pull the trigger and it's like, I don't know, from some 1930s gangster movie. They don't work like that, all right? They don't know what they're talking about. The National Rifle Association, back to the event they held today, a lot of the presidential hopefuls uh, were there. Some were very impressive, actually, and uh, some were maybe trying a little bit too hard. Uh, this is Vivek 
Ramaswamy, very sharp guy with a big future. He's running for president. The reason I became a gun owner is that the Second Amendment was made for moments like today. I'll tell you this. Somebody out there, I was walking the halls, asked me a question. He said, what kind of gun do you own? I said, I own an AR-15. He gave me a little quiz. He said, what does that stand for? He said, you don't know what it stands for? It stands for freedom. That's the real answer. All right, I think he's laying it on a little bit thick. He's seen too much apocalypse now. Mm, victory in the morning. I like Vivek Ramaswamy. AR-15, the AR stands for... Not automatic rifle. At one point, I did think that. It stands for Armalite, the original manufacturer. Anyway, he's a good guy. Uh, he's not going to win, but uh, keep an eye on him. Ooh, someone who's, in my opinion, probably not going to win either. Mike Pence dropped by his home state. Watch what happened when he took the podium. I love you too. And welcome back to the Hoosier State. I want to thank Wayne LaPierre for his leadership. Uh, what was that all about? I love you too. Uh, they don't like him. Pick your reason why they don't like him. There are plenty. Uh, good luck to Mike Pence in his retirement. All right. The main event, of course, Donald Trump. We know him. He knows us. When it comes to guns, we trust him. Here's a little bit. I promise you this with me at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, no one will lay a finger on your firearms, just as took place for four years when I was your president. I will uphold those glorious words, shall not be infringed. You know those words? I think you know those words. You know those words? I love it. This, the next part, doesn't talk so much about guns, but some other factors that are, that are real. It's a scandal and a tragedy that year after year, Democrats in Washington continue to hold common sense school safety measures hostage to their radical gun control agenda, which in virtually all cases would do nothing to prevent attacks by demented and disturbed individuals of which we have many and many are coming into our country but we're getting them out our country has been chock full of guns for centuries and there was no talk of massacres of school children until around the year 2000 that's when it really started they started talking about it this is not a gun problem this is a mental health problem this is a social problem this is a cultural problem this is a spiritual problem there was more truth in that 60 seconds about our country and the real problems that exist than in years, years of listening to the left talk about the NRA and assault weapons. One more. We also need to drastically change our approach to mental health. Upon my inauguration, I will direct the FDA to convene, and it's so, it's going to happen quickly, to convene an independent outside panel to investigate whether transgender hormone treatments and ideology increase the risk of extreme depression, aggression, and even violence. I think most of us already know the answer, don't we? Furthermore, we have to look at whether common 
psychiatric drugs, as well as genetically engineered cannabis and other narcotics are causing psychotic breaks. A lot of problems. We're having problems that we've never seen before, and people sort of think they understand why. Yeah, the cannabis, you know, basically overnight. Overnight, it was essentially legalized. And everybody's smoking and getting high and wondering about why this is happening. But the transgender situation, you know, it was just the week before last. It feels like it happened another lifetime. That this person unloaded a weapon at the Covenant School in Tennessee. Uh, this individual, according to law enforcement, suffering from emotional problems and uh, was in the midst of a gender identity crisis. You'll notice they have not released her manifesto. They said they would. And the manifesto is a blueprint. The plans that uh, she had and the motivations. The police told us about it. And they said that the transgender thing had a role in all of this. They haven't released that manifesto, and they probably never will. We must demand it. Um, Donald Trump's performance there, I think, explains very much these polls, all right? He is, I mean, cruising to the nomination. It's still, I guess you could say, relatively early. That's, that's Georgia. Can we see, do we see, already see Kentucky? Great. Kentucky and then Georgia. He is way, way, way in front. Where is Joe Biden? Oh, by the way. Is he back from Ireland yet? I mean, this this thing just went on and on and on. Um, and he has escaped responsibility. It's amazing. The media, they follow him everywhere he goes. They do shout questions at him. And they never ask about the $3 million that the House Oversight Committee determined went from communist China to a family associate back in early 2017, right after he left the vice presidency. And one million of those dollars, at least, was distributed to um, Haley Biden, Hunter Biden, James Biden, Joe's brother. And that is just the beginning. We think there is a lot more. He gets away with it. I'm glad the House Oversight Committee is doing its thing. But where is the so-called fourth estate, the media? This is a hot story. Look, I've been trying to get an interview with Joe Biden. It's not working out. But there are people down there who have connections who can make it happen and ask about this stuff. It's not unreasonable. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Hey, I'd like to talk about a friend of mine, the late, great Harry Lorraine, the magician slash memory expert, amazing man. He died last week at the age of 93. Harry was totally amazing. Uh, he was famous, I guess, most for his memory. And for many years, he would uh, he wrote many books, by the way, but he would go on talk shows and, and do things like memorize everybody's name in the entire audience. Just for an example, take a look. I believe that's Mr. Rutherford and uh, Mrs. Anderson is in between the Rutherfords. There's Mrs. Rutherford on the other side of Mrs. Anderson. Mr. and Mrs. Hajini, I hope I pronounced that correctly. This is easy because it's the Watney family. It's Mr. and Mrs. Watney, Mr. Watney, and Mrs. Watney. Uh, thank you.
amazing stuff. And the thing is, just about anybody can learn how to do what he did. He wrote many books about it. He talked about his techniques. You can learn them still to this day. I actually got to know Harry Lorraine. I saw him on The Tonight Show once. I was fascinated by it. I interviewed him a few times, and uh, I read his books all the way back, actually, in high school. And uh, they kind of changed my life. And I'd like to give you one small example of what you can do if you learn uh, Harry's techniques, which are very, very easy to learn. Now, I actually spent not much time learning this, but with his techniques, it comes fast. Memory comes fast. The flags of the world, all right? I know all the flags of the world using his techniques. Now, how many people know what this flag is? Oops. It's Poland. Yep, it's Poland. Now, that may be easy, right? Maybe some more. Ooh. Luxembourg, I think. Yep. Uh, thank you, Harry Lorraine. Ooh, Denmark. Actually, that's, oh, I was going to make sure. I, no, darn it. Sorry about that, everybody. Is it Denmark? Yes, it's Denmark. Singapore. Ah, what do you think here? Uh, ooh, Belarus. Yep. Uh, Saudi Arabia, no problem. And uh, this could be either Chad or Romania, a very similar flag. Romania, okay, same thing. Uh, Libya. Um, mm, Pakistan. Yep. And by the way, oh, this uh, this actually says it right on it. This is Belize, uh, Colombia. You get the picture, right? I could not. This is Brunei, I think. Yeah. I could not do this had I not met Harry, Harry Lorraine, Montenegro. Uh, the books show you how to do it. You associate something with uh, what you're trying to remember. I can't explain it as well as he can. So you got to get the memory book and give it a shot. I'll do one more example. There are how many presidents have we had? 45, right? 45 presidents. I'm going to close my eyes because they're going to put the master list on the screen. Carl, shout out a number between one and uh, 45, 46, 46. I'm up to Joe Biden now. 46. 21. Oh boy. 21 is uh, Arthur. Arthur, I believe, right? Yes? No? Maybe? Chester A. Arthur. Bing, 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 bing. Give me one more. Come on. Carl, that's not hard for you. Seven. Seven is uh, Jackson, correct? Have a little more. Yeah, one more. I don't want to put well, one more. Uh, 29. 20, why is it so hard for you? 29 is Harding, correct? All right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thank you, Harry Lorraine. Anybody can learn how to do that. And I'm so glad I got to know him. Harry Lorraine, rest in peace. Great man. All right. Oh, another great man who hopefully has many, many years to live, Clarence Thomas. He's going through some difficulty right now. At least the, hard, the fake news is giving him a hard time. Uh, why? Uh, well, because he's conservative, also because he's black. The liberals don't think you should be, you can be, black and conservative. They hate that. So they're trying to get him saying that he did something unethical. He did not. You're allowed to have friends. You're allowed to have friends who are wealthy. They are allowed to extend, uh, even Clarence Thomas, hospitality. Can you believe that these pictures, they want to say he's in trouble for having a cigar with his friends? That's Clarence Thomas smoking a cigar with his friends. Is that a problem? How about this? He's on vacation. Okay, he's on vacation with his friends. Does that look like a scandalous picture? There he is with his wife. Uh, that's, that's still not a problem in America. Sheldon Whitehouse, Democrat from Rhode Island, is possibly the most obnoxious senator ever. And he's been kind of leading the charge against um, 
uh, against Clarence Thomas. Uh, tweet after tweet after tweet. They, they're trying to turn this into a federal case, right? I mean, they want an investigation. Some people are calling for him to resign. It's nonsense. But this guy, Sheldon, he's doing it with particular venom. When he goes after conservatives, yeah, it seems like personal. And it's very, very ugly. And did the word, Ralph, you used yeah, in I your yearbook I already, said, I already answered alcohol. the question. If you're, yeah, yeah. Did it relate to alcohol? I like you beer. Have that. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Um, what do you like to drink? Next one is... Senator, what do you like Judge, to drink? have you... I don't know if it's boofed or boofed. How do you pronounce that? Judge. That refers to flatulence. We were 16. Yeah, good for now Justice Kavanaugh. And Sheldon Whitehouse is the member of a what apparently is a borderline racist beach club. What kind of club does not have any members who are black. Well, he belongs to one in Rhode Island. Back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now, your family's been members. Your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that, and I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Um, do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously, it's been four years. You had remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Um, your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club again in this day and age? Um, you know, should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. Uh, I think we just need to work our way through the issues. Thank you. It's a long tradition of what? Discrimination? What's going on there? That guy, that snob, is giving Clarence Thomas a hard time over this. He's on vacation with his wife. You know, this is not, no matter how you slice it, this is not a scandal. This is a scandal. Gary Hart with Donna Rice. Okay, that we understand. But Clarence Thomas with his wife, Ginny, on vacation. Nice try. It's not going to work. Justice Thomas, we're with you. And I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Now in New York, we have a district attorney. You can kill somebody and you don't even have to put up bail. They're out the next hour, two hours. It's insane. And that's true with many different cities. Murderers, killers, violent animals are released onto the streets immediately. They don't even spend time in jail. He speaks the truth, especially about this guy, Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg is, uh, I've never seen anything like it, at least in this city. 
so far left uh, doesn't believe in law and order, literally does not believe in law and order, seems to think our whole system is corrupt. So he wants to dismantle it and let people out of jail, not prosecute for things like resisting arrest, even armed robbery in certain circumstances. They're just going to blow it off. Oh, but they'll throw the book at Donald Trump for that paperwork issue from 2016. Um, it is all nonsense, but thankfully, the United States Congress has noticed and they'll have a special hearing here in New York City uh, next week, and they'll be calling witnesses who have been directly affected by this man, uh, Alvin Bragg's negligence. Madeline Brame joins us. She's the chairwoman of the Victims' Rights Reform Council. Her son was murdered in New York City, and at least one of the assailants uh, is uh, basically seems to have almost gotten away with it. Madeline Brame, welcome back. How are you? I'm okay. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. You bet. Listen, you're going to be one of the star witnesses. Uh, the U.S. Congress, they reached out for you. What have they told you about what to expect? Uh, how's it going to work? Well, I, I believe the hearing starts at 9 a.m. at the Javits Federal Building. And um, it'll just be a panel. And each person or each witness will have five minutes. They didn't give me, like, a lineup of questions or anything like that. But I know that I have, <clears throat> excuse me, five minutes to speak. Tell us a little yeah. bit about your son, if you don't mind, and what happened and where Alvin Bragg really dropped the ball or didn't just drop it, deliberately tossed it aside. Yeah. Um, my son, Sergeant Hassan Korea, was murdered in Harlem in 2018. Uh, Hassan was stabbed to death by uh, four people, two brothers and sister and their friend. Um, <clears throat> all four people, excuse me, were uh, charged and indicted for first-degree gang assault and second-degree murder. They were all apprehended and at jail at one time. Now, this case is four and a half years old, and we just brought one of the defendants to trial. Out of all four defendants, only one was brought to trial. Two of the defendants, Mary Saunders and Travis Stewart, Alvin Bragg, when he received the case from the original district attorney who built the strong trial in the case, when he received the case, the case immediately began to unravel. And uh, murder, murder and gang assault charges were completely dismissed against two of the defendants. Mary Saunders um, was sentenced to some manufacturing bogus charge of assault with a shoe. And she pled guilty to it. She was sentenced to one year time served. Travis Stewart, he was also um, pled guilty to some manufacturing gang assault charge, and he was sentenced to seven years. How were you treated oh, in this? How are you treated in this process? You know, you got to deal with assistant district attorneys. Uh, often, traditionally, you know, they consult with uh, the victim's family and uh, things like that. They want to make sure that it meets your satisfaction was there yeah. any was there any attempt to kind of include you not with alvin bragg's administration with the original administration the original district attorneys who built the strong trial murder case um but this new administration they treated me and my family like gosh like gosh they didn't like me at all you know, because I'm very vocal and I never miss a court date. I'm there, you know, like the mother hen, making sure they cross every T and dot every I. And they dismiss these 
these um, indictments against these two behind my back, sneakily. Sneakily, they did not tell me about it. Because they knew if I had been in that courtroom that day, I would raise all kinds of you-know-what. Because that wouldn't have happened. You know, your son, your son was not famous. Your son was not rich. He was not powerful. And uh, like most people, oh, by the way. Right. Uh, And it looks to me like as far as the staffing, as far as the the resources they applied uh, to your son's case, it looked like it was minimal. However, if you look at what they did to Donald Trump, a paperwork situation, mm-hmm. they had they had a fleet of attorneys. They had a fleet and it, they were investigating for years. And how do you feel about that? The, you know, uh, your son lost his life. Donald Trump is alleged to have possibly, you know, some paperwork might there might be a problem with. You see the discrepancy? I'm disgusted. Because that's one of the reasons why they told me they had to let those two go. Because Manhattan didn't have the resources to try all four of those defendants for murder. All right? Um, but then they have reportedly $200 million to put on that fiasco, that, that grandstand, that sideshow, that circus yeah. of what we saw out there for a whole week. That- Hyping up the hype in anticipation of the hype that never happened. And they blew 200 million of our tax dollars on that garbage. Madeline Brame. Your voice is so important on this issue in, in, in so many ways, actually. You're a very important uh, witness that you'll be, and it's great that you'll be testifying next week. A very unique hearing right here in New York City, a congressional hearing yeah. uh, looking to Alvin Bragg. And uh, let's hopefully have some accountability. This seems like total malpractice. Yeah. And uh, we'll uh, see. We shall see. All right. We will. And let's stay in touch again. Good to have you back, Madeline. And we'll be right back. Thank you so much. You bet. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. America, life is becoming lonelier and lonelier and lonelier with the phones, with the isolation, all the TV. And now drugs seem to be everywhere and normalized. Take a look at this headline. Uh, Is there a correlation? Suicide rates rose in 2021 after two years in decline. And men are driving up the U.S. average. In this report, uh, they say that people are in pain and their symptoms are getting worse and worse. Personally, I can feel it. I I feel the energy out there, and it's a negative one. Dr. Daniel Bober, a psychiatrist, he is the chief medical officer at Odyssey Behavioral Healthcare. It's a network of behavioral health treatment centers. He treats children and adults. Sir, welcome to uh, Newsmax. This is uh, this is really sad information. Very, very tragic, Uh, particularly in Native Americans, Hispanics and African-Americans. We know that during the pandemic, during the worst year, which was 2020, people really rallied together against a common enemy and suicide rates actually dropped. But now that the dust is settling, uh, we're seeing, uh, once again, an increase. And this has a lot to do with, as you said, substance use, poverty, uh, loneliness, isolation, and despair. So the COVID virus is not really just about being away from people to protect yourself from catching it, but we also isolate ourselves, which is actually as bad for our mental health as it is our physical health. 
You know, I do remember, uh, and I don't want to get a political opinion from you. I, I understand you're a doctor and all that, but I do remember Donald Trump saying out loud, very kind of passionately, that this is going to lead to suicide. People isolated, alcohol, it's around that. You know, I mean, what are you going to do if you don't work and you're staying, staying around the house all day long? Um, I, I don't see how he was right, wasn't he? Well, Listen, I mean, I take a, po a public health perspective on this. I don't think anyone knew it was going to happen. As it turned out, closing the schools turned out to be more damaging than we thought it was going to be. But I think people made the decision with the best information they had at the time. And because that information was evolving and changing, uh, we were constantly uh, recalibrating and readjusting. I'd like to, um, there is awareness and there are some efforts out there. Uh, this is from the Veterans Administration. I'd like to, uh, it's like a PSA. Let's uh, roll it, please. You know you don't have to wear your PT gear anymore, right? It's comfortable. So how's civilian life treating you? It's fine. When I got out, I didn't want to admit that there was anything wrong because it felt like a failure. And then I realized, like, there's nothing to be ashamed of. So I started talking to someone. Maybe you are fine. But if you're not, it's okay. Thank you. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait. Reach out. Listen, I know that's uh, more about military issues and PTSD, but the idea of talking to someone, a healthcare professional, talk therapy. Some people, you know, may be uncomfortable with that. Uh, you do it, I'm sure. I know that it's not done as much as it used to be. Sometimes they go right to the prescriptions, but how valuable is talk therapy for people? So you raise an excellent point, and I'm glad you brought up the veterans, because my work was done with veterans when I worked in Congress, and a lot of veterans did not want to get help because they were afraid of their careers being harmed or not being promoted. So I think this goes back to the stigma of mental illness and people wanting to hide in the shadows because they're going to be judged or humiliated uh, for having mental illness. But talk therapy can be extremely effective. I often say skills before pills. Uh, mental illnesses like depression, OCD, for example, anxiety, have tremendous treatments like cognitive behavioral therapy that have equal efficacy to medications. So it's not necessary to reach for medication first uh, unless, you know, someone is really in, it is in severe distress. And you also heard, I mean, look, there are concerns. I've raised them. I've noticed it. You know, people are taking these drugs more than ever before. Um, we've had more school shootings than ever before. Uh, it's been raised that there could be a correlation. I know we're not there yet. Um, do you have any concerns about that? I mean, it was pointed out the country's been chock full of guns for a long, long time, but these school shootings seem to have exploded over the past couple of decades. Um, and forgive me if that's not your area of expertise, but I'd, I'd be curious if you have any observations. Well, listen, uh, you know, some of these other westernized, industrialized countries have similar rates of mental illness, but what they don't have is over 400 million guns. So if we're not saying that guns are a factor, we're being intellectually dishonest. Mental illness is not the reason for school shootings. Only 4% of interpersonal violence is directly attributable to mental illness. Someone being in crisis, someone having a bad day, someone having an ax to grind, a grudge, is not mental illness per se. But we had these weapons for, for centuries, part of our culture. And then it just kind of really, over the past couple of decades, I think there was a, a shift, uh, possibly cultural. Uh, I'm not sure what the answer is, but listen, Taking a step back, if someone is out there, um, what's the first step? And a lot of folks can't afford this, and they don't know how to go about it. Um, what would you say? 
Well, I would say that it was interesting that you brought up the VA because some of the best work in this area of resilience, which is sort of the flip side of PTSD, was done by doctors Stephen Southwick and Dennis Charney of Yale University School of Medicine and the Veterans Administration. And what they looked at as resilience. What is resilience? It is bouncing back from adversity. How do we build resilience through building stronger communities, having an extended social support network, having a sense of spirituality, whether that's church or synagogue, exercise, having role models, having a sense of meaning and purpose. These are all things that we can do that are very low tech that don't require a doctor to strengthen our resilience and improve our ability to deal with this toxic stress. You know, I used to see a psychiatrist, and I see uh, I, I see less of him after I after I got closer to God. That that actually helped. But I really value what you gentlemen, what you men and women do. It's uh, it's very helpful. And uh, some of your you. colleagues got me through some some rough times uh, back in the day. I'm glad I'm glad you made it through. Yeah, no, thank you. I, look, it wasn't that hardcore, but you know, it was. Uh, I was definitely down in the dumps. Um, sir, what's the best part of your job? Watching people get better. When I see people get better, it's almost like a miracle from God. When I see them transform, when I see them start off completely non-functional, unable to get out of bed, unable to take care of themselves, and then they become fully productive members of society, uh, that is better than any amount of money in the world. Watching people get better uh, is my greatest gift. That's amazing. That's so amazing. And, oh, by the way, one more little thing. Uh, why did they have the patient on the couch? You know what I mean? Back in the classic thing is the, the, the doctor is with the notes and the patient is on the couch. Is that a Freud thing? How did that come about and do they still do that? Yes, that's more psychoanalytical or psychodynamic. So a lot of times the patient will lie on the couch and will freely speak uh, and the doctor will take notes. Unfortunately, in the age of insurance, uh, a lot of insurance companies don't want to pay for that anymore, so they're much quicker to reach for drugs. Uh, but that still is practiced by a lot of very, very good psychiatrists. It's drbober.com for more information. B-O-B-E-R, drbober.com, drbober.com. Sir, appreciate it so much. Many thanks. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. You bet. We'll be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. So they got the guy, the leaker, Jack Teixeira, 21 years old in Massachusetts. That's the FBI, heavily armed, which is uh, necessary, uh, taking him into custody. Interesting thing happened. You know who Eric Swalwell is, that goofy congressman from California? Yeah, him. He put out the most bizarre tweet. Uh, take a look at this thing. It's really rich coming from him. FBI just caught one of the biggest traitors in America's history, a right-wing anti-Semitic lunatic who stole America's secrets and put our troops at risk. I'm really actually okay with it at this point, but here's where it gets weird. Yet not a word from Kevin McCarthy to thank the FBI and condemn the traitor. Does he stand with the traitor or our troops? Huh? I mean, give me a break. This is very rich. Kevin McCarthy, what did he have to do with this? And by the way, the FBI doesn't necessarily deserve an attaboy right now. You know, the New York Times found this guy apparently before the FBI did. All right. They were slow. All right. They were people are not impressed. Um, and 
we do remember Fang Fang. How about that guy, huh? He was dating a Chinese spy, and he's actually publicly saying that Kevin McCarthy is critiquing him because he didn't say thank you soon enough. Very, very strange. Also, I have to point this out. This is just a, oh, by the way, America is not a racist country, and here's proof. The proof is Barack Obama. Barack Obama was elected twice. And that's often overlooked, especially by the elite media, who just love to say that America is a systemically racist country. Well, Barack Obama was elected president because he was black. In part, that had a big part of the big part of his appeal. It's true. You can look it up. It wasn't his experience. It wasn't his accomplishments. He didn't do anything in the Senate. He got there two years earlier. It was that he was black and he was going to be able to talk about issues concerning race in a big way. So many people who would later vote for Trump, myself included, fell for his act. And it was an act. Instead of helping people, he helped himself. Maybe to as much as a billion dollars. He's on his way to becoming a billionaire. But he was elected because of the color of his skin. Um, it should be irrelevant, and it will be going forward. doesn't matter what you look like in America still. Joe Biden in Ireland. Joe Biden, when he gets back, uh, we've got to make this a thing. Uh, every time he comes up, we have to remind people, because the mainstream media will not, that the House Oversight Committee has determined that $3 million went from communist China to uh, a family associate who then turned over at least a million dollars to the Biden family and they split it up. Haley Biden got some, Hunter Biden got some, uh, the uncle got some, Joe's brother, and this we believe is just the start of it. It happened right after Joe left the vice presidency. And it happened real fast. Very, very strange. You know, abortion is in the news. It probably always will be. Um, the abortion pill, there's a ruling in the Supreme Court. Look, it's going to be accessible for the time being. Could hit the Supreme Court soon. Um, but don't trust the media for any straight information about this issue. It harms patients, undermines medical expertise, and takes away freedom. It's wrong for pe people, it's wrong for women, it's wrong for men, it's wrong for everyone. And it's not good health care. This makes no sense at all. So young people, especially with young people who see something like this, say to themselves, this is a direct assault on our freedom. 95% of the guests and commentary in mainstream media, and they pretend that they don't take sides, that they're neutral, are pro-abortion. 95%. They're not neutral. They really should be, I don't know, Democrats should be paying them, don't you think?